This is the Calm Living Blueprint Podcast, episode number 15. Hey, podcast listener. Even if you are feeling alone in your pursuit of calm and confidence, know that today, right now, in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of others all around the globe seeking to do the same thing you are. At Calm Living, we believe it's only when we stop struggling against our fearfulness and our anxiety that we begin to find lasting freedom from it, to live the lives we want to live. That is what this podcast is about. Come join the Confidence Revolution. Well, hello. Welcome to episode 15 of the Calm Living Blueprint Podcast. I'm your host, Candace Esposito, the founder of the Calm Living Blueprints. Thank you for listening. I hope you're doing well today. I am back from my short holiday. I had gone down with my parents to visit my brother and sister-in-law, which was, you know, really nice. They live in the Niagara region here in Ontario. And uh, one night after having had this big dinner, we decided to go for a walk down to the falls. And I hadn't been to Niagara Falls since, oh, I was a kid, probably over 15 years ago. I remember not enjoying the trip at the time though because of the large crowds. Niagara Falls is a very touristy area, as you might be well aware of, and there are always these huge crowds, you know, the kind where you're constantly bumping into people as you walk along the sidewalk. So that kind of environment, you know, when I was, was probably when I was like between age 10 and 12, I can't really remember. But I couldn't stand it, right? I walked with my head down, my hat turned all the way down, hiding my eyes, just doing everything in my power not to touch or hit anyone. So needless to say, I never really experienced the falls. I didn't appreciate the falls at the time because of my social anxiety and the fear of being in those large crowds. Knowing this, it was interesting for me this time to see what my reaction would be. You know, the same large crowds, just as crowded as I remember, if not more so. But this time, I actually enjoyed my experience. I took it all in. It was brilliant. All the different cultures of people, all the different languages I could hear being spoken around me. People of all ages, young to old. The magnificence of the falls themselves, which is, you know, difficult to even put into words. Overall, it just felt really good. So why am I sharing this with you? Well, for one, to let you know that it is possible. I mean, look where I was. You know, this teenager who barely could walk in a crowd without experiencing a panic attack to now being able to feel comfortable, to feel at ease, to be present and be able to take in that moment. And the second reason that I wanted to tell you this is because I thought that that experience was lost to me. You know, that that experience at Niagara was something I can never get back, a lost opportunity. Now, of course, I didn't know that one day my brother would be living in that area, 
and I probably would never purposefully make the trip to Niagara if he wasn't there. But life has a way of turning out like that sometimes. So it got me thinking, you know, maybe there is no such thing as lost opportunities. I don't know, but, you know, perhaps just something to think about. What I do know is that, you know, nothing comes from dwelling on those so-called lost opportunities anyway. All right. So in this episode, what I've decided to do is answer a couple of questions from listeners. Episode number 15 feels like a good point at which to do this. There are a couple of the more common questions that I receive from podcast listeners. So I know if other people are asking them, you may be wondering the same thing too. Now, if you do have any other questions you would like answered on the podcast, please feel free to post them on our Facebook page over at facebook.com forward slash calm living blueprint and I'll be happy to answer them for you in an upcoming episode. So before before I answer the listener questions, a quick reminder that the show notes for every episode are available on the Calm Living Blueprint website. The show notes include the actual mp3 recording, the transcripts of the podcast, any resources mentioned as well as the home play that I recommend in each episode. The show notes for today's episode can be found at calmlivingblueprint.com forward slash 15. And that's the number 15 as in episode number 15. And a special announcement that I'm really excited about. I'm going to be hosting an online event this upcoming Wednesday, August the 14th, which I've called How to Turn Fear into Freedom in 90 Minutes. I know that's a pretty bold statement, but I plan to deliver on that promise. It will be pure content, so I'm not going to be selling anything. However, seats are limited, so if you're interested, I encourage you to visit calmlivingblueprint.com forward slash event. Okay, so that's calmlivingblueprint.com forward slash event, E-V-E-N-T, to claim your spot now. All right, so getting into the episode, the first question I'm going to answer comes from Jacqueline. And Jacqueline writes, I'm confused about what you call acceptance. Are you saying we should just live with the pain to tolerate it? I don't understand how that would be helpful. Okay, so thanks for your question, Jacqueline. It's a good one. Now, as I said, I received this question from a few people. You know, it's worded differently, of course, but basically, you know, all the same type of question asking the same type of thing so I just chose Jacqueline's to represent the group of them okay so again thanks Jacqueline for your question this is an important point so I definitely want to clarify things for you acceptance is a key part of the calm living blueprint so I really want you to understand this okay so basically I think what you're asking is what is the difference between acceptance and tolerance right? Isn't acceptance of uncomfortable feelings the same as tolerating them? And the short answer to that is no. Okay, so actually there's a really significant distinction between the two. So think of it this way. Imagine you live in a small country that shares a border with a hostile neighbor, right? There is a a long-standing tension between the two countries. The neighboring country has a different religion and a different political system, and your country sees it as a major threat. Okay, so there's three possible scenarios for how your country can relate to its neighbor, okay? The first, the worst case scenario 
is war. Right? Your country attacks and the other one retaliates or vice versa. As both countries get pulled into a major war, the people of both nations suffer. Right? Think of any major war and the huge costs involved in terms of life, of money, well-being. Okay, so that's scenario number one, war with the other country. Another scenario, scenario number two, better than the first, but still far from satisfactory, is a temporary truce. Okay, a truce. Both countries agree to a ceasefire, but there's no reconciliation. Resentment seethes beneath the surface, and there is constant underlying threat that war will break out again. Right? Think of like India and Pakistan with the constant background threat of nuclear war and the intense hostility between Hindus and Muslims. Okay, so that's scenario number two. The third possibility is genuine peace. You acknowledge your differences and allow them to just be, right? This doesn't get rid of the other country, nor does it mean that you necessarily like it or even want it to be there, nor does it mean that you approve of its politics or religion. But because you're no longer at war, you can now use your money and resources to build up the infrastructure of your own country instead of squandering them on the battlefield. So the first scenario war is like the struggle to get rid of unwanted thoughts and feelings. We've talked about this in previous episodes. It's a battle that can never be won and it consumes a huge amount of time and energy. The second scenario, a truce, is definitely better, but it's still a long way from true acceptance. It's more like a grudging tolerance. There's no sense of moving forward to a new future. Although there's no active warfare, the hostility remains, and you're resigned to the ongoing tension. A grudging tolerance of thoughts and feelings is better than an outright struggle, but it leaves you feeling stuck and somewhat helpless. It's a sense more of resignation than of acceptance, of entrapment rather than freedom, of being stuck rather than moving forward. And then the third scenario, peace, represents true acceptance. Notice that in this scenario, your country doesn't have to like the other country, approve of its being there, convert to its religion, or learn to speak its language. You simply make peace with them. You acknowledge your differences, you give up trying to change their politics or religion, and you focus your efforts on making your own country a better place to live. It's the same when you truly accept your uncomfortable thoughts and feelings. You don't have to like them, want them, or approve of them. You simply make peace with them and let them be. Okay, this leaves you free to focus your energy on taking action. Action that moves your life forward in a direction that you value. Okay, so tolerance is similar to that second scenario, like a truce, whereas acceptance is similar to the third scenario, peace. Right? What, what scenario sounds best to you? So I hope that analogy helps clarify acceptance versus tolerance for you, Jacqueline, and, and for others that might may be asking that same question. All right, so the second question I'm going to answer comes from Kevin. Kevin asks, how do I know if something is really, truly holding me back? I'm trying to figure out what things are stopping me from being more confident. And some of the things I'm coming up with, I don't know if it's actually true or if I just think it's true. Do you know what I mean? I appreciate any help you can give me. 
Okay, so another great question. Thanks for asking, Kevin. So in this case, it sounds like we need to get clear on the difference between facts and reasons. I think, Kevin, what you mean by, you know, if they're, they're actually true is if these roadblocks or obstacles are facts, right? Versus things you just believe are true, which are more like reasons. Reasons are basically excuses. Okay, so here's an example of a reason. I can't go for a run because I'm too tired. But does being tired make you physically unable to run? Of course not, right? You can feel tired and still go for a run. In fact, you know, if you ask any athlete, they'll tell you that sometimes they can feel tired or sluggish and end up having one of their best workouts. Okay, so here's an example of a fact. I can't go for a run because a spinal injury has completely paralyzed my legs. The spinal paralysis of the legs make it physically impossible to run? Yes. So that statement is a fact. We often use reasons to justify our actions or even more commonly, our inaction. Right? Can you feel tired and still exercise? Can you feel like you don't have enough time and still exercise? Can you hate exercising and still exercise? Can you feel as though you can't be bothered and still exercise? Right? The answer to all those questions, of course, is yes. And that's because the reasons given are all just excuses for not exercising. None of them are facts or truths that have objective reality. Now, I just used exercising as an example since it's easy to understand, but you can apply this to any action you want to take. We can easily get caught up in listening and believing reasons whenever we're faced with a challenge, whenever we have to step outside our comfort zone. Your mind, that master storyteller, will come up with a whole list of reasons not to do a particular action, right? I'm too tired, it's too hard, I'll only fail, it's too expensive, it'll take too long, I'm too depressed, I feel too anxious, my parents won't approve, people would think I'm being selfish, I don't deserve it, blah, 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 on and on it goes, reason after reason after reason. And that's okay, as long as we see these reasons for what they are. Just excuses, not facts. Okay, and that of course leads to the question, so how can we tell an excuse from a fact? Well, if you're genuinely unsure whether the thought is merely an excuse for an action or a statement of fact about something that truly is impossible, just ask yourself this question. If the person you care about more than anyone else in the world were kidnapped and the kidnappers told you they will never release that person until you take that particular action towards your goals, would you then take that action? If the answer is yes, then you know that any reason for not taking that action is merely an excuse. Okay, so Kevin, you may be thinking at this point, but that's just a silly hypothetical question. In the real world, the person I love has not been kidnapped. And you'd be right, but what's at stake in the real world is something equally important, your life. 
Do you want to live a life in which you do the things that are really meaningful to you? Or do you want to live a life of drifting aimlessly, letting your demons run the ship, so to speak? And at this point, Kevin, maybe you'd say, well, I agree that I could attempt this action, but it's not that important to me. And that's a response that I often hear from clients once we figured out that the roadblock they are facing is actually just an excuse, right? Then they say, well, it's not that important to me anyway. And if you said that, I would ask you, are you being honest with yourself? Or are you just buying into another thought? If the goal you're avoiding is truly unimportant to you, fine, don't attempt it. But make sure you check in with your values. And if this goal really is something you value, then you are faced with a choice. Either act in accordance with what you value or let yourself be pushed around by your own thoughts. In particular, you need to watch out for this sneaky thought. If this were really so important to me, I'd be doing it already. Right? The thought that if this were really so important to me, I'd be doing it already. Because this thought is just another reason in disguise. The reasoning goes something like this. I haven't taken action up to now, which means it really can't be important, which means it's not a true value of mine, which means there's no point in putting any effort into it. This reasoning is based on the false assumption that humans will naturally act in line with their values. But if this were true, I wouldn't need to do this podcast, would I? The fact is many of us don't act on our values for long periods of time, months, years, even decades. But remember, those values are always there deep inside us, no matter how remote from them we are. A value is like your body. Even if you've totally neglected it for years, it's still there. It's still an essential part of your life, and it's never too late to connect with it. And you may say, but it's not that easy. These reasons seem so convincing. And that's true, they do seem convincing if you fuse with them. So you need to remember, they are just thoughts. You can then defuse them a number of different ways, right? You can simply notice them and label them. You know, each time reason pops into your head, acknowledge it silently by saying, that's reason giving. You can say to yourself, thanks mind. You can acknowledge I'm having the thought that I can't do this because... You can ask yourself the kidnap question. If the life of a loved one depended on it, could I attempt this goal? Could I attempt this action, even with all these reasons not to? And you can simply let these thoughts come and go, like passing cars, while you focus your attention on taking action. Right? There's a lot that you can do. Okay, so Kevin, I hope that helps answer your question. Over time, you do get better at differentiating facts from reasons or excuses. I mean, I still have to catch myself too when it comes to this. The bottom line, reasons cannot hold you back from doing what you want to do with your life. Recognize them as merely thoughts and take the action even in the presence of those thoughts. Okay? And I hope you too found these answers valuable, that they helped give you a little bit more clarity Again, if you have any questions you would like answered, please feel free to post them on the Calm Living Blueprint Facebook page. And before we finish off this episode, a quick reminder about the online event that I'm hosting this Wednesday. So you can check that out at calmlivingblueprint.com forward slash event. 
And if you're listening, if you happen to be listening to this podcast episode after August 14th, be sure to check out the page anyway, since I'll be posting the dates for upcoming events on that same page. Okay, so I hope to see you there. Till next time, I'm Candace Esposito. Keep calm and carry on. Thank you.